Blog Talk Radio. Party one, who's Papa Didi? I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Oh, and red wine. Oh, fly, darling. How about that? Ooh, happy chili Friday. Hmm. What's happening? Ain't nothing happening. Chili. 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 <laughs> yes, a little nippy. Came out of nowhere. Wasn't even ready. No. It's time. We we got so swore with a seventy degree weather. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that still caught me off guard. It was what, seventy last week? Mm-hmm. And now this week we woke up with thirties and all that kind of foolishness. Mm. I guess it's hot tidy time. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Not the alcoholic. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay. you know, to keep you warm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you gotta warm okay. the inside and the outside. Okay. okay. Yeah. Anywho, what's good, Papa Dini? Not much. Everything is cool on my end. Cool or cold? Cool. Cool. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. You're going to kick us off tonight? What you got for us? Yeah, you know, um, I just want to get y'all opinion on uh, what's happening with this whole money thing in the world today, you know. Have people with money really lost their mind <laughs> and don't realize that they're regular people with, you know, high blood pressure and everything else that comes with life, you know. And I say that as an example of just just about everybody, because everybody's kind of like going through some changes. And, and I'll give you just an example, give you all something to grab onto when you give your opinion. You got, uh, first of all, let's say Aaron Rodgers making a boatload of money, $50 million a year for three years. The Green Bay Packers are doing horrible. I think they're like three and seven. Mm. Okay. And they're paying this man. Even my man, I don't want to leave him out, but he, he joined this team, and that's his own fault. That's my man, Russell Wilson, same way. He's making about $40 million a year. Good gracious. Okay? The Denver Broncos, oh, my that's God. That's where he went. That's a sad excuse for a football team, all right? Tom Brady, they losing big time. He making huge, huge money, as you know. You got Eli Musk, the billionaire, tripping big time on the whole situation, okay? And then let's go with corporations for a minute. You got uh, Ticketron, the parent company is Live Nation, and I think they done finally got caught up in a trick bag of selling to rich folks that's trying to 
scalp online officially legally but i think that shit backfired with that whole taylor swift thing i'm sure we'll talk about that later on but i'm just naming people or corporations that have shown their ass with the money you know kanye west with all his stuff uh you know um my man from the uh brooklyn nets Kyrie Irving, just people with money that are just losing their mind then you got the guy with the bitcoin that just lost his shirt recently mm-hmm. and now they're suing everybody he paid to advertise and encouraged them to advertise because people ain't got a lot of money i'm sure they invested now they lost everything anytime right. you encourage people to come into your area you know and last but not least i don't even think we had a story on tonight but the young lady who did the uh that little blood research thing. She was sentenced to yeah. eleven years a day. What's her name? Elizabeth something. Yeah. She was she was sentenced to eleven years. She came out of that Silicon Valley situation as well. She got eleven point two five years in prison with her lily white ass. Okay. More, but... And because she her investors invested billions in that product. Oh, just give me a drop of blood and I can tell you everything about you. And they said, well, no, you can't really do that. And she, like Donald Trump, went forward. So the question tonight is, uh, what do you think about these rich people around us that are just underperforming, showing their ass, making a mockery of themselves when it comes to Ticketmaster and Live Nation, where they're in cahoots with rich jokers, and then the Internet just blew up because everybody's trying to make that Taylor Swift fast money, you know, buy tickets for $80 and sell it for $10,000. You know what I mean? You gotta look before you leave today. I don't care what you're doing, but what do you think about all these rich people that are? Uh, well, I'll jump on that one first. Right I say lock them all up because <laughs> there is some foolishness going on. And when you get people that are, I mean, it's one thing to invest in something with the intent of making a profit because that's business. I get that, but when you start shanghaiing and lying to folks. And mm. getting, you know, doing trickery and that whatnot. Part of it. Like that Elizabeth, what's her name did with that, what's it called, Theranos, I think is the name of that company. When yeah, you start doing about... stuff like that, and and as far as that uh, Bitcoin. No, I never believed in I, that. My issue with that is I have a problem with money that I can't see. You know, it's like digital money. Yeah. Uh, I understand transferring money digitally. But money I can't see, that I can't tell how are you coming up with a value for it, I just felt like that was a game from the beginning. Yeah, that, that looked gimme to me. But, you know, other ones are still, you know, still existing. This guy, his just went belly up. But I say all of these folk, if you get busted like Elizabeth, what's her name, and anybody else running game, lock them up. That's I'm tired of rich people getting away, you know, 45 is another one, running game on folk, and then you just walk away like, oh, well, on to the next scheme. That's not right. That's my opinion. Mm. What'd you say, Kettle? Um, I'm trying to understand the question. Come back to me again, Papa. What's the question? I was talking about people that are super rich nowadays mm-hmm. that just messing up. You know, I was talking about Aaron Rodgers. Team is doing horrible. Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, and these are all rich-ass people not performing. Mm-hmm. You know, Ticketron, Elon Musk, people that are billionaires, and he just 
just you know drawing all this attention. Kanye West, yeah. Kyrie Irving. These are people that got money that we can never imagine. And yeah. they're just making okay. a mockery of themselves, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, just, I just feel it. I just feel as if uh, thank you for that. I just feel as if they're there, staying in the limelight, and because of social media and Instagram, Facebook, this is the way that they stay relevant. And because they have a lot of money, it doesn't make a difference. But they want to stay in the limelight. They want to stay relevant um, because it's a to me it's a younger audience out here, um, and that's who. Looking at the social media um, um, platform, so the things that they say may seem crazy to us, but hey, maybe they're talking to some of these youngins that it, that's all they're doing twenty four seven is looking at this phone. Oh, and they believe in everything that this person is saying. It's just I hate to say it; it's sad to say that, but um, I think that's just the way they stay relevant nowadays. You know, the social media is so fast, and they want to stay in the limelight. You know, they want to continue to have that money and that power. And I think that is a way for them to to stay in that um, limelight. You know, sad to say, but I think that's that's why they do it. That's my opinion. Okay. I don't know. I still say lock them up. I'm talking about the people that are scheming, you know, people. Right. People like 45 and that Theranos woman, some of these mm-hmm. uh, Bitcoin folks. You know, if you do, like that guy, I forgot his name. He's a, he's like, what, 30? If you know that you are responsible for all these other people's money and then you do something that's careless or reckless, Mm-hmm. You need to go to jail because it showed that you had no regard for the responsibility that you have. People trusted you with all this money that they put in your hands. And if you just did something stupid and pissed it away and then it was like, oh, well, my bad. Or trusted your product also. Yeah. I'll tell you another person, another person that faded out based on some racial stuff and some over-the-top shit that he did. And he he moved on, got out of the game with the quickness. And that was the guy that previously owned Papa John's. Okay? You remember that guy? Oh, yeah. And he did that all that racial shit and all those racial slurs and all that. And he ended up uh, compromising the company, and, and Shaquille O'Neal purchased a huge piece of it. And, uh, and whoever else he sold stuff too but he was one another guy who uh showed his ass as a rich person but he did it quietly and just got out of the way and gave it to Shaquille O'Neal and said look I'm out you know because he couldn't live down the n-word stuff that he was he mm-hmm. was spooling out like it wasn't nothing because what you know, happened to Jared remember Jared from say uh Subway Jared got involved in some kind of sexual stuff. No, Jared was just a, and got all messed up. He was a freak. Jared number. And he got all messed up. He was a pedophile. But I'm saying, no, he was like the face of Subway. Right. But until he, was, uh, he got busted, mm-hmm. and then they got rid of him with oh, a yeah, quick. He was rounding up little boys. Like I think he's in jail. To be honest, I don't know where he went, but well, I think he's in jail because he was a they, pedophile. They wiped their slate clean of Jared with a quickness. Yeah. 
But yeah, that was the, the answer question for tonight. Uh, you uh, lock them up. I'm gonna run down the uh, <laughs> run down the what we got going on otherwise. Okay, all right. Buckle up, buckle up. Uh, in focus, we're gonna talk about election. Uh, Carrie Lake refuses to concede Arizona governor race law. Also, a big deal with Ticketmaster, Parent Live Nation, under investigation by the Department of Justice. And a black woman wins over $350 million from a racial discrimination and retaliation lawsuit filed against FedEx. Wow. Also, our cocktail of the week is called the Pear Martini. Sounds pretty good. What's popular, Papa Didi? Uh, my Kettle's Corner, relationships, soliciting donations for family events from family and friends. Also, we're going to lighten it up with our weird news. Uh, lab-grown meat cleared for human consumption by U.S. regulators. Also, yeah. Australian woman detained for wearing butt plug urn holding her boyfriend's ashes. And doctors uh, pull out four-foot-long snake from a woman's throat. Nasty. Okay. I'm just saying with red wine, 11 for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up, of course, uh, the kissing list, and the last word. So sit back, relax, your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with In Focus. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? You know what time it is. Do you have any idea what time it is? What time is it? You know what time it is. It's time for the Friday Night Pajama Party Show. Welcome back to a John Party. One of those poverty. Hello. Hello. Get red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Ooh, it's time to go in focus. And Papa Didi is up first tonight. Hmm. What's happening, Papa Didi? What's in focus for you tonight? Well, I know we got plenty of choices, but let's see what you got. Sometimes I wonder where these people come from. And here's another person. Her name is Carrie Lake. I don't know. She seems to me to be like uh, a cleaned up. uh, What was that woman's name that was the wife of the the evangelist guy? What was her name? Uh, Tammy Faye. Tammy Faye. Oh. She seemed like a very cleaned up Tammy Faye Baker. And I ain't lying. Mm Mm-mm. Now, you know the sad part about politics is that when you get into politics, you got to remember that it's all about choices with people. People vote for people and people vote for other people, right? Isn't that what an election is all about? Right. And this goes all the way back to being in kindergarten running for 
Who's going to be the teacher's assistant, you know? How many people voted for this girl? How many voted for Susan? How many voted for Mary? If Susan got six votes and Mary got four votes, then Susan won, right? But that concept seems to go out the window because now everybody thinks that they control the media. White folks feel like they control the narrative and everything else. And that's why everything is so jacked up because people feel like that since they, like you were saying earlier, Kettle, with the, the situation of people with social media, they've been smiling on there and they're all up mm-hmm. on every site, everything you got going on, Instagram, this and that. But that doesn't put you out there so fabulous. I mean, look at Dr. Oz, for example. You know, he's a guy that was mm-hmm. all on TV, all on everything, but he lost. And I'm telling you, people like Dr. Oz and the one I'm about to read about, the old Carrie Lake, when they lose, they just can't believe it. Mm-hmm. How'd that happen? Mm-hmm. How the hell did I? And this is her story. All right? So she's still denying that she's lost. You know, call her Donald Trump Jr. Because uh, she's a Republican candidate. She's from uh, Arizona. She's going for the Arizona governor. Now, this woman started off as a, you know, a anchor on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at that TV nowadays, all the pretty anchors. And, I mean, they got some weather girls in, in, in Philly that, phew, Hot as hell. They we got this one girl named uh, Larissa. I forget her last name, but she's on CBS in Philly. Whew, boy, mm. you know what I mean. And these girls, they now they want to get bigger, you know. So whatever happened to just posing in Playboy? Call it a day, you know. But anyway, this lady here, she's a candidate for uh, the governor of uh, Arizona. She declined to concede to the race Thursday instead of vowing to fight on. In a new video posted on Twitter, I'm going to fight on. I didn't lose. I want to recount. Yada, 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 yada. Didn't we just go for that with Trump? Where the hell, where have you been? Were you fucking sleep when we just went through that shit with Trump? Who, who, she's a Trumper. Trump was her, you know, endorsed her. So now you lost to the very same person that was denying his shit. Now you're doing what he do. Well, when Trump did that, how well did that go? So what do you what do you think what do you think you're gonna get at the end of this? Okay, the Associated Press has projected Lake will lose the race to a lady named Katie Hobbs, a Democrat. But Lake, who made election uh denialism a centerpiece of her campaign, even before the election, has declined to recognize her opponent as the winner. All right? In a two and a half minute in a two and a half minute video. Lake focused on long lines at the polls on election day, and falsely said tens of thousands of voters in Maricopa County have been disenfranchised. She suggested legal action, saying that uh, she had assembled the best and brightest legal team to fight for stuff, and yada, yada. Damn it, woman, you lost the goddamn race. Go sit It wasn't nothing but an election. You know, people lose the Super Bowl. People lose playoff games. People, what else do we lose in this world? We lose a lot of shit, yeah, right? You lose money. You lose your wallet. You lose friends. You lose your ID card. Yeah. You lose your contact lenses. Mm-hmm. When you lose the shit, you lose it. All right? So, I mean, make a long story short, I don't, want, I don't even want to give this lady too much airspace. But she's a classic Trumper that lives in that life of denial. So are you so you're going in saying you definitely gonna win. You know? 
So it's got that the attitude for you to deny that you lost is to say that you knew you was going to win. Mm-hmm. But is that what an election is about? As long as you got competition or somebody competing with you for the same goal, somebody's going to lose. And when people think like that, that's just some crazy shit. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. God bless her. Her name is Carrie Lake. She's running for governor of Arizona, and she lost. So, girlfriend, I'm going to take. She also has some pending lawsuits going on if they go forward with it. Tom Petty, uh, the song, I'm trying to think, what's the song? We uh, Can't can't Stop Me Now, something like that. Mm. Uh, I forgot the name of the song. It's something like Can't Stop Me Now. She was using his song without his permission yeah. for her, you know, they cheated me out of this and I'm going to keep pushing and I'm going to keep fighting. Yeah, well, same, and, with, same with Trump. Trump was using, you know, the OJ song. Oh, yeah. For the love of money. But people do it all the time. But in this case, so now Tom Petty came out and put a statement out and said he was going to sue her to get her to stop using it. And then, uh, not related to her, but Isaac Hayes' uh, estate is getting ready to sue Trump for using um, Sam and Dave's song. Uh, Hold On, I'm Coming. Isaac Hayes was a co-writer on Hold On, I'm Coming, and Trump used it for his announcement of he's going to run for president again. And Isaac Hayes' estate folks said, you didn't have our permission to use that piece of music. But like you just said, Trump has done that before, and other people have done it. But, you know, this is the stuff that, at least politicians, you know, seem to have a habit of doing. So why does he always go after music that is uh, composed by black people, hmm. being he's so lily white? Yeah, you got to ask him about that. All right. Uh, so because he feels I just that. wanted to add that to the Carrie Lake story that she might be getting sued by Tom Petty yeah. for the use of whatever uh, that's But anyway, to close out, you know, uh, they say the lake was one of several election deniers who lost their races last week. Some of those candidates include uh, somebody named Blake Masters, a Republican running for Senate in Arizona as well. He's denying it. And uh, he doesn't want to see others include uh, Mark Finchie, a far-right lawmaker who was running for Arizona's top elected officials, you know, one of the state office. All these Arizona do, because Arizona's been, been white as hell for a while when it comes to elections. It's been a red state. Mm-hmm. But I think that when Trump uh, insulted uh, the gentleman who uh, passed away. McCain. Yeah, Senator McCain and his wife uh, was an advocate toward, you know, and people felt they they loved McCain. Mm-hmm. And McCain was Republican. So how are you going to be a Republican and then talk about a man who, you know, didn't say he wasn't a hero. I don't like hero. I don't like prisoners, you know, and all mm-hmm. this. Dad. You know, Trump said some terrible things about uh, Senator McCain. As the man was dying of brain cancer at the time. So I think Trump really helped to flip Arizona like it is now. Mm-hmm. And then they lost in the very same town that Trump flipped to a blue state. And now she's pissed. How you pissed off when the guy that you were culling with, Donald Trump, was the one that fucked up your path from the beginning? 
And Carrie Lake was just down in Mar-a-Lago meeting with Trump, I think, a day or two ago. I, th- I think he's fucking her, to be honest with you. That's another story. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <clears throat> We're going to move on. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Kettle, you're up next. What you got? <laughs> okay, Papa. All right. Um, this Ticketmaster crazy uh, thing with uh, Taylor Swift. The DOJ, Department of Justice, is investigating this Ticketmaster uh, and the parent company's Live Nation. I didn't realize that Live Nation had purchased Ticketmaster about 12 years ago. So they're the uh, parent company. Um, Sparked chaos and anger this week with this um, mishandling of the ticket sales for Taylor Swift's upcoming, upcoming, it's not even here yet, Eras Tour. Two people familiar with the matter confirmed. Um, the investigation, which um, predates the Ticketmaster failure with Taylor Swift tickets, is focusing on whether Live Nation is abusing its market dominance in the ticket industry. Um, and it also said that the um, site crashed because it was over 2 million people trying to get tickets. Um, and Taylor Swift's people asked um, Live Nation if they could handle this, and they said yes. So um, I guess they lied. Yeah, of course they said yes. <laughs> of course. Um, they say it goes on to say several lawmakers called for an inquiry into the Live Nation Ticketmaster, which is sold. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's 115 million tickets to events in the first nine months of the year, up to 37 percent um, from 2019. So it seems like I guess they don't want them. To become a monopoly, I guess. They hold most of the ticket sales that are being sold out. Oh, really? yeah. um, the site's crash has also sparked an investigation by Tennessee Attorney General uh, Jonathan, uh, can you pronounce his last name, Skirminton, um, who has launched a probe into how Ticketmaster handled the event. After the crash, Ticketmaster canceled Friday's ticket sales until the trip tour. Um, Due to extraordinary high demands on ticketing systems and insufficient uh, remaining ticket inventory to meet the demand, tomorrow's public on sale for Taylor Swift um, has been canceled. That was the tweet. So, um, what do you guys think about that? You know. You wanna? No, you go right ahead. I'll let you go first. (laughs) Come on, Papa. Okay. All right. I'm gonna give you. Break it down. All right, I'm, I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the whole scoop mm-hmm. on this situation, okay? Now, okay. First of all, crashing when it comes to big conglomerates like that, that means that we just gonna step on the little people and box their asses out, okay? Because see, ticket sales, for example, and you notice the person that it is, somebody like Taylor Swift, okay? See the, the the beauty of the world that is being lost by another generation of people, and I won't even put an age group, I'll just say mature people. You know, we all went to our concerts, and, you know, when we wanted to see Prince or Michael Jackson, it was like, you know, tickets going to sell 10 o'clock, bing, bang, boom, and you get on there, and, you know, even if, back in the day, you had a call, a 1-800 number, or whatever the case may be. But what I'm saying, make a long story short, Taylor Swift was so popular with money that all the people with money, and then you got the kind artists with Live Nation, 
they want to get the tickets at the price that they originally sold for because Taylor Swift ain't trying to rip nobody off. These are her fans, you know, because she's trying to sell CDs and T-shirts and everything else that comes along with being a superstar. But it's the rich-ass people that own these yachts and everything that tell their 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 uh, assistants and everything, yeah, buy 100, 100 Taylor Swift tickets in the nosebleed section. And they end up selling for because t- everything, even with football, everything goes on a higher rack now. People just buy the tickets and throw them over at StubHub and LastMinuteTickets.com and all that, and all that. But the the thing with Taylor Smith just blew up completely. Jokers come in with even like for example, American Express. American Express will allow you to get tickets early to any event. They're great like that with that American Express card. They'll let you know the Earth Wind and Fire is coming. Long hair, Earth, Wind, Fire, you get in the mail, and you can get your Earth, Wind, Fire ticket before anything else. But with Taylor Swift, people just went too far. All these people got money, went too far. And at the same time, while the rich people are getting in buying it, the middle middle class poor people are trying to get stuff on the other end of the Internet. And the Internet just said, shit, you know what I mean? I can't handle it. Pretty much. People coming in from the top, the middle, the side, the whatever, and it just collapsed. And Taylor Swift is saying, what the fuck? Because you had girls crying on TV. Mm-hmm. I can't get my ticket. What's he doing? And these are poor people working hard every day, and they can't get their little, and they're, you know, regular people, it's like if you're a Prince fan or Earth, Wind, and Fire or, or uh, Mary J. Blige, you're willing to spend $120 for a good seat, $130. Whatever. And this is what the middle class people are trying to buy. They're trying to get a, you know, some may try to get a $49 ticket or whatever, you know, but most people have spent $150. Yeah, because they want to be up close. But the people that got money, pool, and prestige are buying up those $150 tickets like it's nothing. And now you see people selling the Taylor Swift ticket for $14,000. Who the F in their right mind has the B A L S's? To do that to regular people, it's just you know. But anyway, but see, they had all of these. They had a couple of million tickets that were pre-sale tickets, so that was part of the problem. But it's a fifty-two. I was just looking it up. She's doing a fifty-two city tour, so when the tickets all went on sale, you would think, with her being in fifty-two places, you know, from date different dates. That it shouldn't have been an issue. It should be evenly divided. Right. But that's what but, I say. It's the rich, it's the people that got the money that bum-rushed it. Well, like I said, they had all of these pre-sales, and then they do, like you said with American Express, they do Capital One. So people who have a Capital One card were getting that advance notice, mm-hmm. and they were jumping in early, buying up blocks of tickets. And see, that's where they go wrong. If you're going to allow people to get advanced, they should limit it to, like, you can't get more than four or eight or six or, you know, something like that to say, look, you got to allow tickets for the people who are in this advanced group to be able to still get in when the date hits where now it's moving to regular, you know, general sales. But I think they were like, look, we're going to get all we can as quick as we can and that's what crashed it. The and then Ticketmaster the is also blaming it on bots. They're saying, oh, well, there were bots that hit the site. I'm like, so what? The bots did what? 
bots, if they're just bots, they can't buy tickets. First of all. All they can do is, like, hit the site. Ticketmaster. Bots aren't buying tickets. I'm like, Ticketmaster is full of crap. Ticketmaster is in on the hustle like everybody else. Exactly. Let me me put Ticketmaster on the kiss it list. I'm like, y'all just got caught doing some funky stuff, and you thought you could handle it. You told Taylor Swift people that you could handle it, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting what you said, uh, Red Wine, and, um, that something's not right because all of a sudden the Department of Justice got involved quickly, very quickly. So yeah. I think something like this before has happened, not to this extreme, but it's happened. It's like a pattern. So, you know, they they, they are monitoring. They, they have seen something. So they said, okay, we're going to step in. I mean, you don't think it's a big deal? I'm like, okay, some tickets, but it's something not not um, not right. Something is going on. Yeah, so I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody needs to go to jail. All right, man. <laughs> Lock them up. Yep, yep. Look, make it like it used to be. You got to go start staying in line and get your paper ticket. Right, Papa? Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the world is really being destroyed in its own little way today. It's, I mean, electronics is good. Being advanced yeah. is good with stuff. And people talk about all the, uh, you know, all the, like you were saying earlier, uh, Kettle, with the different sites and whatever we got going on mm-hmm. with Instagram and all that. All that stuff is good. But you can ask yourself, do I really need that? Mm-hmm. Do yeah. I got to really do what somebody 30 years younger than me is doing? I really, if I'm cool, then just I'm just gonna be cool. I don't need to fuck with that, pretty much, you know. Anyway, but don't you want to know every word that LeBron says, <laughs> or everything oh that Beyonce says? Yeah, her draws. She wore a red bra today with yellow panties. Exactly. I really, I every picture. I need to know that. Yeah. Every time they. Tell you what they ate for lunch. Mm-hmm. You, you got to see all of that. Taco Tuesday, LeBron's house. Exactly. You got to know all these things. Yeah, you're right. I do. <laughs> I do. Not too much. Not too much. All right. Yeah. That's where we are okay. now. All right. What you got? I got one for you. We got a sister who's been uh, awarded $360 million from a racial discrimination and retaliation lawsuit filed mm. against of all people, FedEx. Mm. Yeah, you would think FedEx would know better. Uh, the sister's name, last name is Harris. I'm trying to find her first name. She started working at FedEx back in 2007. She was brought on as an account exec. Her performance led her, you know, further up the company. She was just moving right on up the ranks because she had it going on. She had good, you know, good work ethic and all of that. She said she worked really hard. She was very successful. She was promoted six times, moved up the ranks, got into leadership. She held three leadership positions at the district sales manager level, and this was reported by Atlanta Black Star. Then Ms. Harris uh, was believing that she was doing well at FedEx until, she says, her white supervisor, suggested that she take a demotion, and this was in March 2019. So, of course, she was like, demotion? I've been doing well. I've been performing well. I've been moving up the ranks. Why would 
the white manager tell her you need to take a demotion instead of a promotion. So her lawsuit claims that the supervisor asked Ms. Harris to step down to a lower position because she was so good at doing what she was doing, which to me makes no sense at all. If somebody says you're doing such a fabulous job, I'm going to need you to go backwards and take a step down. Who does that? So Ms. Harris felt like it was a race situation involved with, you know, the way she was being treated. So the lawsuit mentions that when Ms. Harris declined to just take the demotion, that she started being treated negatively at FedEx. Her supervisor removed some of her commissions, and then when she complained to Human Resources uh, that the supervisor had issued a, what they call a letter of counseling for unacceptable performance, that was in June of 2019, there was no documented discussion, which is something that FedEx requires, if you're going to put a letter of counseling for somebody, it's basically the equivalent of being written up. Well, she said none of that actually happened through the written FedEx policies. So then in June when she got written up, she said it was the first time ever in her career that she had ever been written up like that. She claims that she, after this, received poor performance reviews and had reason to believe that this was just retaliation because of the ongoing issue she had reported to Human Resources. So then she decided to take her complaint up another level and go directly to company executives. So by the beginning of 2020, she was out of a job. They fired her. They, so by this time, she was like, okay, I'm not going to just sit down and take this. So she went forward with a racial discrimination and retaliation lawsuit against FedEx uh, May 20th of 2021. She said it was unfair treatment to my peer group, rules that didn't apply standardly, which was applied to her. There were loopholes made to sabotage me to make it falsely appear that I was not performing. So fortunately for Ms. Harris, her claims were validated by a Texas jury on October 25th when they awarded her $360 million. Mm. But although FedEx was not found guilty of any discrimination or wrongdoings necessarily, the judge still awarded her that $360 million in damages. But FedEx is appealing it. And they're denying any wrongdoing in this case. Now, I'm trying to understand, if you didn't do it, what made the judge see enough to say she should be awarded, not just awarded something, but $360 million? So I'd be interested to see how does this pan out? How much is she actually going to get? Because I, I don't know how this works in terms of when the judge awards you money, do you get paid? I'm thinking not if they're appealing it, because if you appeal it, that means it gets hung up in the legal system, right? So she still won't get any money, I guess, unless the appeal, you know, is, is what, failed or 
whatever they call it in the court. So if the appeal doesn't work out, I guess she'll go ahead and FedEx will have to pay her. But FedEx is a you know multi-billion dollar company. You better believe it. I'm like, what y'all squawking about? You know what you did. Anytime you're going to ask somebody who is high-performing that you're doing too well, I'm going to need you to take a demotion. I wish she had recorded it. She should have told her, let me think about it, and then come back and hide your phone and say, can you can you explain to me what it is you want me to do? Does that, does that really surprise you? Or? No. I'm saying I wish she had recorded it. But, she, you know, because at this point it could be a, her word against her, you know, manager's word. But So that's what's happening on that one. Mm. I just thought it was interesting that the judge said, nah, give her the money. And what state was this? The judge was in Texas. This was originally wow. reported in the Atlanta Black Star. Mm. So once again, mm. there's some southern southern stuff going on. Some white privilege shit that, you know, yeah. after a while you get tired of it. And I'm glad you stood a ground. He's like, yeah. I'm doing exceptionally well, and he wanted to demote me. Um, you know, I guess maybe the other white white counterparts they went embarrassed because <laughs> she was out doing you. You know, yeah, that's just crazy. You know, go Sounds somewhere like where you go somewhere where you appreciate it. Bump that. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think you know. I can put my two cents in there. Go for it. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I think that's the problem. And this is my opinion, and I don't want to get beat up on for it. But the one thing I feel is going on in in the world today, and I say that because I've come from a company that was, you know, worldwide company, so to speak, and all. And what I notice myself is that even now that I'm not there anymore, that I see that when it comes to black women, they'll initially bring in black women or promote black women so they can get two for one, you know, black female, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what's missing, in my opinion, is, is the brothers, you know, and it's just like company I come from. At the top of the ladder, ain't no brothers up there, you know, in the New York division of it, the D.C. division of it, the, the Wilmington, Delaware division of it, very few brothers very few brothers on the executive level. So if you're going to bring the sisters up and leave the brothers down there as just regular union maintenance guys and don't advance them, keep them blue collar, and you bring the sisters up to white collar, then the sister's up there with a bunch of white sharks on the eighth floor, she's got no defense mechanism. You know, who's watching her back? Not only should the brothers come up there with the sisters, but then they got to work together when they get up there. Look out for each other like the white folks is looking out for each other. The white folks are only looking out for each other for their own existence. Ain't like they're the best of friends or buddies. They're just doing it for their own existence. And that's the one thing as black people, we get to the job with brothers and sisters, and we don't even speak to our brothers or don't speak to our sisters. We're not even on it's, – it's amazing. But but they'll cheese in white folks' face. But then a brother walked by and is like he because he's not wearing a tie or something and he's not 
in the brother club or he's not in the club, but, but everybody leaves out the building at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and becomes back a regular joker. When you get behind the wheel of that car again, you could be executive black female, but hell, if you run into me at that fucking intersection, I'm going to suit the pants off your black ass. So you could have been my boss in that building, but if you run through that stop sign and hit me in that intersection, and I work in the mail room, I'm going to get out and say, oh, Miss Gilbert, you hit me. You ran the stop sign. I'm going to sue the fuck out of you. Even though you're my boss in the building. But now we are regular people again. And we got to remember that all the time. We're regular people when we get done our shit. So stop letting the people advance all these sisters and bring, oh, wow, that black girl got that. Well, damn, bring the brother up too. So we all can get up on the eighth floor and shit and just run shit. But that's just my opinion. Hate me for saying it, but what the hell. No. What are you going to do? That's your opinion. I ain't if you got any questions or comments out there, give us a call, 914-803-4306. And I'll, press 1. I'm not you beating know? up on you. Uh, Kel, it's time for the cocktail of the week. Are we going or are we going to take a quick break and then hit it? Because I'm ready for a cocktail, but it's your call. Uh, oh, uh, we're ready. Okay, come on with it. Okay, it's time for Kettle. Whew. It's time for the cocktail of the week. <laughs> we, we, we do a cocktail every week that is a recommendation, and Kettle's got it for us. So, Kettle, take it away with the cocktail of the week. Week, week, week. <laughs> All right. This is the pear martini. Oh, I love pear. This pear martini recipe is full of sweet, delicate flavor. It's an impressive cocktail for fall and winter entertaining. Uh, our ingredients include a half a fresh uh, white pear, two ounces of pear vodka, or two and a half if you, you know, want a little joke. Um, yes, yes. A half an ounce, ounce of lemon juice, one ounce of simple syrup, uh, two dashes of orange bitters. Mm, sounds pretty good. Um, chop the half of the pear, then place it in the uh, bottom of the cocktail shaker. Muddle until it's fully mashed um, to the cocktail shaker. Add the pear vodka, lemon juice, simple syrup, and orange bitters. Add one handful of ice, then the shake until cold. Strain into a martini glass and garnish with a pear slice. And that is a pear martini. That sounds very delicious. I can, I can work with that. <laughs> oh, yes. The pear martini. Wow, that yes, sounds indeed. really good. All okay. right. Well, thank you, Kettle. The Cocktail of the Week mm-hmm. is brought to you by Kettle and our parent company, DC Homegrown Entertainment, LLC. And uh, we'll make sure we get it up on the website. You can check us out at DC Homegrown Entertainment. And uh, if you want to try that recipe out, which we highly suggest that you do, we'll get it, uh, I guess the interns will get it updated over the weekend. So, yeah, check that out, the Pear Martini. Okay, let's see. It's uh, time for a quick break. And on the other side of the break, we're coming back with Papa Didi and What's Poppin'? It's the Pajama Party Show. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor. We'll be back on the other side of the break. 
This is Kettle. And this is Red Wine. If you like news, but you like the weirdest kind, you're in the right place. Join us every Friday night for the Pajama Party Weird News. We find stories each week about some of the strangest and oddest news stories around. If there's ghost driving, stupid criminals getting caught, or just bizarre medical stories, we record it right here on the Pajama Party Weird News. It's funny and informative, and we look forward to it every week. And you will, too. If you like weird news like we do, join us every Friday night on the Pajama Party Show. It's a weird world out there, and we'll tell you all about it. Right here on the Weird News, where we celebrate the weirdness. Welcome back to the John Party. One Hills, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. It's time for Papa Didi. And the question on everybody's mind, what's popping? What's popping? i tell you what. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to uh, <clears throat> these two uh, drivers, one from Lyft, one from Uber. I had to make a trip up to Baltimore, Maryland, to... Uh, John Hopkins, when there are many medical buildings all over the Baltimore area. And uh, from the train station, I took an Uber up and a Lyft back. And both drivers of the Lyft and the Uber were very, very, uh, very conscientious, good conversation, clean car, you know, everything that's necessary when you're in the car service. I just want to give them a shout out on that level. And that was cool because you never know what you're going to get. When the Uber or the Lyft pulls up, you never know what you're gonna get. Anyway, sometimes when I when they pull them up, if it don't say 5.0, I hit cancel and do it again till I get a damn 5.0 joker. Anyway, that ain't what I'm here to talk about. Uh, what I want to talk about now is uh, what I was saying earlier about money and the way that people that got money think they got something different from everybody else, you know, and. That's so untrue because, you know, the world is really going to hell in a handbasket real quick because right now uh, the state of Maryland just okayed their betting, their legalized betting, and that's going into effect next week, okay? So that's more betting tools that are going to be on the table with the fan duel and all this other stuff that's advertised all over the place. Then you got all these celebrities that's advertising stuff. It's like the celebrities was advertising that Bitcoin stuff, and that went belly up, you know. And do we actually need more betting today with the world being as destitute as it is, with the rich getting richer and the poor getting poor? But the poor people are the ones that are betting, and we're the ones that they're throwing the advertisement at big time. If you're looking at a football game, you'll see fan duo 25 commercials are there. But then at the end of the commercial, they say for a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, by the time you call 1-800-GAMBLER, your life is completely fucked up. Okay? I've never seen anybody call 1-800-GAMBLER and they're over a, a sane mind or had a few dollars left in their pocket. And in most cases, 
when you go to call 1-800-GAMBLER, somebody else is calling for you. Because you're too destitute to do it because you are so broke and so wiped out. And then another thing, you got Pete Rose, for example, who's an old baseball player from years ago. Now, he got banned from baseball for life for betting on baseball games. Now, I'm watching a football game the other night, Thursday night, and a a good brother, Hall of Famer named Tony Gonzalez. Tight end, played for the Kansas City Chiefs field team. Good, great player. He was talking about who he bet on last Sunday. Oh, yeah, I bet on Openly said this. Mm. And he's up there doing the, the halftime show for the, uh, he works for uh, for uh, Amazon, who runs the Thursday night football games. He's sitting on the panel of football analysts talking about who he bet on last now, you got Pete Rose banned for life from baseball. It's almost like people being in jail now on a marijuana charge, and marijuana is legal all over the damn world. So we're, what, what, what's the deal? When is the rear going to come up to the front? you legalizing all this stuff up front, making this generation feel happy about the crap that they're doing now. But back in the day, black folks were going to jail for 100 years for a couple joints. I mean, it's just... But the whole thing I'm focused on tonight is betting. You know, watch yourself with the betting. Anything you do, gambling, casinos, whatever the case may be, just just please watch yourself. Gambling is a very serious situation. I mean, sure, I'll go to I'll go to the casino and drop some coins in and play the slots or whatever for a little bit. You know what I mean? But there should be a little alarm going off in your head. When you when you feel yourself going into another level of money that you shouldn't be fucking with, talk about mortgage, rent, car note, whatever, you know, yeah. think about it. I just want to put that out there, but because it's all over the place, man. In, in, in Merlin, like I said, next week is about to legalize gambling, and you're gonna see all kinds of stuff coming out with different companies. Yeah, bet on this. Bet on. You can bet that somebody would hit a a base hit in the third inning. I mean. Betting now is so minutely put down. Then you got fantasy football, all this crap. I mean, and I'm maybe I'm a man of a certain age and I'm calling it crap, but I just feel that some of the shit we do in the world is so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're trying to get yourself together, but trying to get your life right, trying to get your money right, trying to get your living arrangements right, trying to get that car that's been in the damn driveway with a cover over top of it, trying to get that motherfucker running again. So if that's the case, why are you fucking up money on the other side like that with dumb shit? Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. I yield, uh, yield my time. <laughs> you yield the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, mm-hmm. I would just want to say on the tail end of that, I don't even understand all these things when they start talking about parlay this and parlay that. I don't even know what that means. And then you got Jamie Foxx. Yeah, that's who says all that Different parlay. People that we trust as these celebrities actors, celebrities you, just telling you us. You can yeah. bet on this stuff. And I'm like, man. And he's getting paid for telling us to lose our money. Yeah. Damn, Jamie. Wow. But, you know, I did read something recently. It was talking about the lottery. And they were talking about the percentage of, you know, the ethnic percentage of people that play the lottery on a regular basis. Yeah. 
And, of course, no surprise, the majority of the people that buy regular lottery tickets, Mm scratch-offs, and all of that stuff, the majority of the people are people of color. They were saying that, I I can't remember the percentage, I'd have to look it up, but it was like a big difference. It was like, I don't know, 60, 75% are people of color. I'm like, well. And then they brag when they win, when they spend about 900 Losing, they fuck around and win two hundred. They bragging, yeah, I hit the lottery. You should you spilt, you spent nine hundred. <laughs> you fucking hit for two. <laughs> anyway, Ooh, I'm gonna leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yes, That's I my go. people. My people. My people. Anyway, that, one of these days, that, I'm a, go ahead, Kevin. That is, I was saying that's that's ironic that we're talking about this. I just saw. Uh, quick thing, a, a, a documentary on um, Netflix, and um, it was four financial advisors followed four people for a year. And um, this one guy was a ball player. He played professional for Detroit, got cut, got injured, and he's like, okay, what do I do now? He had got almost $2 million as far as his starting. Um, he bought his mama a house. He bought himself a house. He bought some uh, big-time jewelry. Um, He bought a car. You know, just kind of blew his money. So he had about $300,000 left. Uh And he was at a a crossroad trying to figure out what am I going to do with it. So he got with a financial advisor, and he was telling him to invest the money instead of letting it just sit in the bank. But anyway, he he eventually got with another team. But, um, you you know, these things open your eyes. So, you know. We as blacks, yeah. if we're going to hit the lottery, let's put it to some use, not just buy this, buy that, and look all, you know, mm-hmm. fancy, dancy and stuff. So I get smart. Yeah. Some people just get excited. They're like, oh, I hit it for $1,000. I'm going to buy 20 lobsters and you know, do some crazy. <laughs> oh, you're going to be broke. You're going to be broke. Yeah, like you, you better know. pay your bills. That's what you need to do. Look, Papa, but, he, he might remember this guy. Remember this guy that had the derby, always wore the derby hat? Yeah, yeah, And he, yeah. he had a wife, girlfriend, had about three or four kids. Um, yeah. You know, he bought everybody everything, in house, mm-hmm. cars, this, and, and yeah. he ended up being broke. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, I think you know. he's probably dead now, too. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember, I remember um, Derby, Derby Lottery guy, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. he won the biggest jackpot in Philly, I think, at that time. But, uh, you know, hmm. he, he got things smart. Thinking? I don't know. Well, you guys are ready to go into Kettle's Corner? You want to take a little CC and come back? Talk about money. So, good segue. You. you know? No, I say let's go to the corner. You ready for it? Oh, uh, uh, oh, you ready to go to the corner? <laughs> yeah, let's go to the corner. Oh, okay. What's the corner you want? Oh, I'm going to Cattle's Corner. That's where I'm going. Okay. All right. Well, it's time for Cattle's Corner. She got some relationship stuff she's going to bring to us. So, what's happening in Cattle's Corner tonight, Cattle? Well, it was um, the, the the money thing was a good segue. We talked about the, you know money and how people use it and stuff. So this question is it's it's kind of a relationship, but it's it's kind of a family relationship dynamic. Um, how do you feel about families soliciting their quote unquote son or daughter 
to get money for, like, graduations, birthdays, or even uh, prom, um, you know, when the kids are going to prom. And, you know, they send you a link and say, okay, well, you can send X, Y, Z amount of money. Um, do you feel pressure into doing it or you ignore it or, you know, you're going to give them money in a card and, and, and let that be? Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Hmm. Hmm. That, oh, <laughs> okay. I'm a, I'll oh, jump in first. Yeah, you go first. I first of all, I feel like that's your child, not my child. So if your child is going to, I'll speak on the prom. If your child is going to prom, then you you need to handle that. Like, how you gonna go send out a request for people to donate so they can go to prom? I, I don't know. Maybe that makes me sound cold, but I, I don't understand that. I just feel like when my kids had to go to prom, I handled it, and their father handled it. I didn't go ask anybody, my friends, my relatives, hey, can you uh, help us out? Because it's like, what what are you trying to do? Get her hair done? Get him a suit? What, we trying to rent a fancy car or something? If I'm trying to do all this extra stuff, how do I have the right to ask somebody else to pay for the dream in my head or the dream in their head, the kids' head? I'm like, look, we're going to celebrate your graduation or birthday with what we can do. Now, if people give you something unsolicited, fine. But I don't think that's cool to go and you come up with a plan that's got a budget and now you want friends and family to to bankroll it. That's just my opinion. What'd you say, Papa Diddy? Oh man. You know, Kettle, that that's a good one. That's a good okay. one. 'Cause me being me being from a big family, uh it it's it's actually a two part thing because I see my family different now back when I was younger and part of the family. When you got a lot of mm-hmm. brothers and sisters and you was part of the family and everybody was doing their thing and everybody was getting along, it didn't have to be spoken on because everybody just took care of everybody. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it seems like now, uh, you know, post-crack epidemic and post-everything else, post-laziness and shiftlessness, in the family and post people that are just kind of fucked up in the family nowadays. The family's taking on a whole dynamic. And I think the question you're saying relates to where the family is today. Because we don't look at our family, at least I don't. I'll just speak for me. I don't look at my family the way I used to anymore. And it's no disrespect or love for them. But I'm not seeing all of them like I loved them years ago because of maybe some dynamics and things that went on between us or between family, in-laws, outlaws, bylaws. You know how the family is with the family dynamic. Baby mama drama, such and such, who's boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Sometimes this stuff comes into play, especially when your family's been violated. When I say violated, meaning that when you bring a girlfriend or a boyfriend over and they get to know your brother, and now your brother's giving more respect to your boyfriend than he's giving to you as a sister, you know? And it, it, it's a lot of different avenues. And that's why today you almost got to text a family member and say, can you do something for your niece or your nephew 
because they're not really talking to you. So people got to go electronically to get another person to Mm -hmm. give to them because the family dynamic of natural love is almost out the window. And I say it about my family within my own therapy, but I'm sure other families can relate to it that uh, we just ain't getting along today. And if you stand on your own bootstraps, you almost got to say, well, I love her. She's my sister, but I really can't be giving a fuck right now because I need to keep my shit right. I'm going to be there for you. I'm never going to watch you go under completely. But as long as you're acting like an asshole, I'm not going to be there to pacify this shit no more. So, but to answer your question, yeah, I, I would help, you know. I help my own way. But I would try to relate to the person who's having the situation. The person going on the prom, I'd give the money to them instead of giving it to my sister and saying, give it to your daughter kind of thing. You know what I mean? So you think it's okay for people to, to solicit? Yeah, you can solicit, but I'm a, but I'm gonna give the money. Hey. I'm going I'm to give my 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 money straight to the person who's going on the prom. I'm not gonna okay. go back to to the family member, mm-hmm. and because I'm not fucking with you from the beginning. But I ain't got a problem with your daughter, you know, my niece or my nephew. So if your best friend hits you up. And we're not talking family, best friend. Your best friend hits you up and say, hey, my son is graduating and we're trying to get this limo and all, and we're taking up collections. It all depends on the relationship, where I stand with people. I'm only going to give to somebody that I like. If I don't know you don't like you, you ain't getting shit from me. That's simple. <laughs> and okay. I don't mean to sound all cold, right. but I'm just keeping it real. Okay. If I don't like you, I don't like you. That's that's it. <laughs> Nutshell. I I guess for me I'm just looking at the the, the concept of it. I just feel mm-hmm. like, you know, why would you go and plan something that you can't handle and then have to go and ask people. Yeah, I've seen yeah, I've had family members do hey, exactly that. We we got you know, I plan mm-hmm. this and it's gonna cost me, you know, say a grand and I ain't got but two hundred dollars. So I'm asking mm-hmm. everybody to help me to do this, I just feel fundamentally like, why would you even put yourself and put us all in a position? Right, because you're ghetto all the time anyway. Yeah. Ghetto is your regular makeup, and now you're trying to be hello luxury or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I just fundamentally have an issue with it. Not a not an mm-hmm. issue with helping or giving. It's the concept mm-hmm. of it. Like, don't right. go plan something that you can't handle and then expect everybody else to, pay for to it. bankroll it. Right. That happens every day. I I, I think that's just the dynamics of how things are. Everything is so social media. Everything is on your phone, computer-wise. Instead of physically, um, you know, getting the money through a car, that's just just too slow. So now, electronically, (laughs) this is electronically a card, so to speak, in so many words. That's that's Mm. how I see it. And I'm 50-50. You know, if I'm able to give, fine. I don't have a problem with that. But um, like I said, I'm almost like Papa too. If I don't like you, shit, you ain't getting shit from me. So <laughs> that's it. That's 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 it. In that okay. Ah, y'all are right. funny. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, well, we got through that. Yeah. So you know, that's what's happening mm-hmm. in Kettle's Corner tonight. <laughs> so. All I'm saying is that I just don't like the whole concept of it, but hey. Right, right. Well, if anybody you know. got any questions, comments out there, they can hit us up, 914-803-4306. And, yeah, uh, tell us what you think about it. 
Yeah, yeah. Give us your uh, take on it. <laughs> so, all okay. right, we're going to take a little CC. Yeah, let's do that. And then we're coming back with the weird news. And we got some weird ones for y'all tonight. So don't you dare move. It's the Pajama Party Show coming back on the other side of the break. This is Red Wine, and you're listening to WPJP Block Talk Radio Pajama Party. Check out my commentary. I like to call it, I'm just saying, because sometimes I am just saying. It's just my opinion. It's what I think. Hey, you don't have to agree, but if you disagree, call us up. 914-803-4306. Hey, don't forget, they can catch us on uh, Twitter also at uh, Now, this review is not technically an approval, 
and it applies only to upside products. Although the agency is ready to work with other companies to develop cultured animal cell food. Now, my question to y'all is, you want to try this? Some food grown in a laboratory from from animal cells? Nope. Cell-cultured chicken. They're going to make it from cell-cultured chicken, harvesting cells from live animals. That sounds like some frightening stuff to me, but... That's what's going mm. on. Wow. I'm down yeah, with the is. plant-based thing, but this is going too far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it's coming from the animal, but it's coming from the cells, and they're growing it from that. So yeah, but it's still being created yeah. in a laboratory in a stainless steel container. No, thank you. Okay. All right. All right. I got one. This, this. Why did the intern give me this one? Australian woman detained for wearing butt plug urn holding her boyfriend's ashes. Now, should I read that again? This oh crazy woman was detained for wearing butt plug urn holding her boyfriend's ashes. Romance is not dead, even if it's your boyfriend. Even if your boyfriend is Sarah Button. Put her on the kiss it list. Um, a young girl, 23 years old from Australia, was attempting to board in uh, flight while carrying her dead boyfriend's ashes in a special place, her butthole. A situation that she had to have uh, known wasn't going to play out well, and she uh, documented it on TikTok. Security officials put uh, Sarah and her friend aside. Assuming the sex toy was some sort of weapon, they were not um, assumed by the joke and uh, amused by the joke, and Sarah ended up calling her dad to get assistance from the embassy in Australia. Sarah stated that um, her late boyfriend had given the plug to her as a gag gift at one point before he died. It was initially a joke because he spent so much time in there, and it was his favorite place. So now Sarah okay. stores his ashes in her in her behind because she can take him places we only can dream of going. Oh Lord have okay. mercy. Apparently this is the first time she's um flown with an extra carrier. <laughs> anyway, after signing multiple documents hey. arguing with airport staff and hours of waiting, Sarah and her friend were eventually let go. So no word of no worries on if her butt plug, uh, I mean, boyfriend was allowed to join her. So, okay. I'm what pretty was sure they her name again? Sarah. Sarah Button. Should be Sarah Butt. Sarah Butt. Sarah Button. Butt girl, yeah. Yeah, Sarah. I wrote down Sarah Butt plug. Sarah Butt. Oh, boy. That's I'm some crazy stuff. Yeah. The things that they do who in Australia. Okay. But who would even think to put the ashes in a butt plug and then put the butt plug in your butt? Like, what? Okay. Okay. That's oh, why only Sarah Butt. Yeah. All right, Sarah Butt Plug. She's a butt girl. Yeah, the butt girl. 
All right. Doing the butt. Weird. Uh oh. Doing the butt. Ow. Sexy. Sexy. All right, Papa D. What's your weird? All right, this one is a a doctor pulls out a four foot far a four foot long snake from woman's throat. Oh my god. All right, now we know snakes snakes have a reputation for finding their way. Into the weirdest places, but a video showing a team of medics extracting a reptile from a woman's uh, food pipe scared his watchers stiff. Okay, this is a video shared mm. on Twitter, handle name um, in this Twitter area called um, Fascinating Facts. The doctor is seen using a tool to remove a uh, a culture as a woman lies on with her lies on the table with her mouth open. Just as the snake is halfway out, the doctor makes a clenched face and backs off in horror, as if she wasn't expecting for it to be that long. So it's only an 11-second video, then it stopped. Leaving viewers curious whether or not the snake, the snake was, uh, was alive or was it dead by then. But uh, while many viewers wondered how the snake ended up there, the video description seems to uh, clear the doubt where the medics are pulling the four-foot snake from a woman's mouth after it slithered down it while she was sleeping outside. Hey. All right, the video, which uh, was shared on um, November 12th, went viral on a microblobbing platform, and they say it was, uh, had 36,000 likes. People was actually liking this. Anyway, the scary, the scary uh, culture slithered into the woman's mouth when she was sleeping with her mouth open in the yard at her home. She lived in Russia somewhere. This happened in Russia, not even in the United States, okay? And then they started poking video at it saying, why would she be with her mouth open and she could have something else in her mouth and all this other shit. But this was in Russia. That's nasty. I'm putting her on the kissing list. Snake mouth lady. But how does the snake come back up that way? Don't, when stuff goes down, doesn't it have to exit the other way? Or they was able to oh, that would have been real crazy. Hanging out of her mouth? Or? You mean like where the butt plug was? Yeah, I mean, usually when you <laughs> ingest something, it's got to be excavated <laughs> through the back door. So. I don't know. I guess it never digested. It was just laying there in her esophagus, I guess. That's just disgusting. Okay, well, that wraps up the weird and disgusting news. (laughs) (laughs) From butt to throat. That's just nasty. Okay. Nasty people. Oh, God, where are we? Oh, I'm just saying. Yeah, let me. I'm ready to take a break. Oh, I don't know. You call it. Me call it. You're you're, a. Hey, You're I, up. I just work here. You call it. <laughs> okay, well, let's... This segment. All right, well, let's go. Yeah. All right, here we go. Red wine, and uh, I'm just saying, what you got? What you got? What you saying? You know what? Tonight, I'm just saying, how do you look the other way? I want to talk about Qatar. Now, Qatar is, uh, you know, it's over there, one of those... Uh, I guess Arabian or Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern, that's the word. Middle Eastern countries. It's uh Qatar is hosting this year's FIFA 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 World Cup. That's the uh 
I don't know what FIFA stands for, but it's soccer. They're hold, hosting the World Cup. And, you know, over in that area, it, it gets really hot, especially in the summertime. Uh, they have summer temperatures that exceed 100 degrees. But they're, you know, which, of course, is a logistical nightmare when you're trying to pull together this event for the World Cup. Now, this is an Arab Muslim country. It's also one of the richest countries in the whole world. It's small, but they got plenty of money over there. But then you got the concern about human rights violations and issues like that going on. But nonetheless, they won the bid to host the World Cup. And, you know, there was a lot of questions around, well, how did they end up winning uh, the, the bid to host the World Cup? Because the the world, uh, the FIFA president eventually later said this was a mistake. We should not have awarded it to Qatar. But he only said that after people started bringing up the issues about human rights violations in Qatar. But anyway, like I was saying, Qatar is its roughly about the size of the state of Connecticut here in the United States. So that's how small it is area-wide. They got about 2.8 million people who live there. And they're expecting like 10 million visitors to descend on their country during the World Cup. And despite allegations of bribery and corruption, The games are going to go on. I'm just saying, how can you look the other way when you got all kind of stuff going on? uh, People saying that there's human rights violations, they got evidence of it, but it seems like people are just looking the other way. I don't understand that. Um, Now, here's the issue. When Qatar won the selection for the World Cup back in 2010, Qatar lacked the things like, you know, the infrastructure to host an event like this. They didn't have the stadiums and the hotels, the highways and all. Because like I said, they're out like in a sandy desert-like area. They're, like I said, state of Connecticut, small. But they end up winning this, uh, the bid to host the World Cup. So to build all of this stuff, they had to get their massive population of migrant workers. Here's where the problem comes in. The migrant workers make up about 90% of the uh, labor force in Qatar because a lot of the people that are actual citizens uh, or or of, um, I don't know what the Qatarians, I don't know what they're called, but people that actually are born there or native to Qatar, is only about 300,000 people. The rest of the people in Qatar that make up that 2.8 million have come from other places. So you got 90% of the labor force coming from other people, other places and all these migrant workers. So you know when you start talking migrant workers, you're talking people coming from a lot of third world or poor countries that are looking for a better life, looking for employment, they come there to work to send money back to their families. And this is the problem. Their working and living conditions are horrible. A lot of people were being exploited, 
They were in dangerous situations. Investigations found more than 6,500 migrant workers from five South Asian countries died in Qatar since 2010 from workplace accidents. I mean, all kind of stuff, car crashes, suicides, other deaths, deaths that had to do with the extreme heat. Because like I said, they have temperatures that go above 100 degrees. And they got people out there working 40 plus hours a week. Out in that heat, trying to build all these arenas and highways and everything necessary to host the World Cup. So all of that's going on. And some of these people died without any explanation at all. And the people in Qatar just shipped the dead body back to their family members. Now, these family members were expecting, you know, them to keep sending money home. And that was another problem. They were promised a certain amount of money for the work they did. They didn't get paid at the level that they were promised. And they were basically told, if you don't like it, leave. Well, if they leave, leave to go back to what? They were making nothing where they came from. So it's like, well, staying here working at almost slave levels is better than going back to where I came from with no job. So people continue to keep working, keep slaving, get that little bit of money, send home what you can. But like I said, people are dying on the job. People are just, I mean, they're just abusing these people because people feel like they don't really have an option. And then you got the penal code in Qatar. Like I said, they're a Muslim community. They are very strict. They criminalize sex outside of marriage. They criminalize gay relationships. Some gay people have been killed. There are gay people who were there who got out of there just so they could live their life in peace. It is so much stuff going on in Qatar, but yet people keep looking the other way. And now all of these people, celebrities, athletes, all of these folks are going to be going to Qatar for the World Cup. And in my opinion, if you go, you're looking the other way. You're almost co-signing the behavior and, and the system that they have in Qatar. How do you do that? Why aren't people, why aren't more people boycotting this event? I'm sure Qatar is planning to make plenty of money. They're expecting 10 million plus people to show up. They have an alcohol ban, so you're not going to be able to drink or buy alcohol there. And some fans are upset about that, but they're not worried about that. They're like, hey, that's our rules. If you come to Qatar, you're going to get what our rules. That's how they feel. That goes back to the people who awarded Qatar to be able to host the event. Y'all knew what their rules were. You knew how strict they were. You knew about previous uh, human rights violations, but you still awarded it to them. That's because of all of the corruption and the money being exchanged and all of that stuff. But folks look the other way. And now all of this stuff is coming to the surface. I'm just saying, you can't keep looking the other way when you see stuff ain't right. I'm just saying, if you look the other way from things like this, what else will you allow? It takes people standing for what's right to fix what's wrong. Money and entertainment should not be what makes people look the other way. If this is how humanity is behaving, 
we're not going to make it much further as humans on this earth. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, you got to stop looking the other way at the prophet and see the atrocities for what they are and do the right thing, like Spike Lee said. Do the right thing. People need to boycott this thing, for real. I know it's the World World Cup. It's like, oh, you know, when the NFL plays. And I guess if it was the Super Bowl, people would look the other way and ignore human, you know, rights violations and all of that. And folk would just be like, yeah, I know, I know, but. No, you can't say I know, but. If it ain't right, it ain't right. All right, I'll get off my soapbox. Well, how do these people get this, you know, get things to come to them? They know people in high places or something or what? I mean, I think that plays a part in it, but countries, it's just like the Olympics. You know, you bid for it. Countries or cities, like in the Olympics, you know, you bid for it. And you, mm-hmm. the, uh, commis- the committee or whoever makes that determination, they uh, solicit the bids in different cities, countries, whatever. They put in their bid and say, this is what we can do. This is what we offer. This is how much we can do it for. You know, it comes down to the money. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, there was some, you know, stuff going on, some Ill- illegalities in the background. And Qatar... As tiny as Qatar is, they ended up getting awarded. So it's some definitely some mess going on. But people shouldn't be dying out in the extreme heat and working like a slave, you know, trying to do the work that they came to this country to do, not being compensated as they were promised. For this to be one of the richest countries in the world, why don't you pay the people what you promised them? Why don't you house the people like you promised them? They got people living in group quarters, sleeping on little thin cots. Mm-hmm. It ain't right. It's not right. And these celebrities that are going to be performing, you got musical guests and all of that. You know, it's a big thing with the World mm-hmm. Cup. It's like the Super Bowl for for the United States. Mm-hmm. If people would just back out and say, no, I'm not getting with it, maybe it would make a difference. But people got to stop looking the other way. All right. Oh, I hear you. All right. We're one. That was a good one. Wake up, smell right. coffee. Stop looking the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the right thing. All right, Papa All Didi. Right. Living for the city. What's happening? Well, <laughs> I tell you what. You know, what you just said, a lot of people are going to see that over the next month, next, next few weeks, because it starts Sunday, I believe. You know, the World Cup is every four years, and it involves every, every, um, every nation that's considered itself any kind of nation to come together and play their Super Bowl of uh, soccer mm-hmm. every four years. Now... This place, Qatar, they won. They won their bid like I think ten, twelve years ago. Yeah, twenty ten. And they were trying to prep. They they prep so you can get ready for it because it's a huge event. But like Red Wine was saying, even with the Olympics, the same way, 
how often has the Olympics been in, in, in China over the last few? I think the last few Olympics have been in China, Beijing and then there's other place. And I think it's coming to the United States uh, here soon. I think it's coming to L.A. and the next, not not this one coming up in 24, but I think 2028 is when it's come back to the United States, the Olympics finally. But anyway, the whole the whole gist gist of her story and and my story here is is where where are we now with money? And I always try to understand, always say that in the world we have to understand how much is too much, and if you're successful enough to make money. Don't you think you should be cool for a minute and chill? I, I guess that takes a mature mind to say something like that. But we're in a world today where money seems to be running up. And if you're a person that's mediocrely uh, middle 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 of the road type income, you know, you're middle class or what have you, you really got to watch your boundaries. You know, you can't be letting stuff just sway you any way it wants to sway you. And I think that's where the world is today is that everybody's just being led by a bunch of bullshit. And they're just grabbing people to go along with them. All this stuff when people say different likes, my likes, and the people that's following me and all this stuff here. Some of that stuff sounds so asinine to me that it's not even funny. And that's just how I feel. And if anybody has any objectives, objectives to it, they can really kiss my ass because I don't really care about being liked you know sure i can uh, you have my social friends my social uh, network of friends that i know i like to be liked or appreciated or however they may feel about me but just complete strangers and i've told young people years ago since you have all these followers can you get a dollar from each one of them you say you got five thousand followers okay can you just tell all of them to send you one dollar by friday just to put a little bit of money in your pocket, you know, and it's not possible because it's not real. When did we start thinking for a minute, those are people of a certain age that know how crazy, phony, and off the chain the Internet can be. You know, we knew long ago that the Internet wasn't really real. It was just an illusion of, uh, you know, an extension of life, an illusion of uh, existence. But now we have compounded so much stuff on the Internet social media and all that stuff, everything being compounded on something that we know isn't real from the beginning. But billions and billions of dollars have been sunk into it to let people think that this false entity, that as soon as you lose Wi-Fi or as soon as you lose electricity, it's non-existent. Okay? Even with us talking right now on this radio show, if the power just went out, where will we be? We'd be dead. Disconnected. Mm-hmm. Disconnected. And I think sometimes when you think about the Internet and how valuable you think it is to you or how resourceful it is to you, you ask anybody in a restaurant that owns a business in a restaurant, what do you do in your building if the power goes out? You should have another plan. If you own a restaurant, understand this here. Electric ain't got nothing to do with gas, Okay. Gas has its own entity. All gas needs to do is to, to light is need a spark, okay? 
Now, you can either have an electro- electronic stove that goes tick, 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 boom, and your little burners come on. Or if the, if the stove is unplugged, you're not going to get the tick, 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 but you're going to still get what? Gas. Right. Coming out of that line. So all you got to do is like we did back in the day, strike that match, put on that burner, right? Poof. So if you're in a restaurant and all of a sudden you lose electricity, you still got water and you still got gas. And chances are if you have a gas hot water heater, your water still going to get hot. Now, if you got an electric hot water heater, you ain't going to get no hot water because it's all electric. So, not only can you still cook and all with some lights, some candles, emergency lighting, and whip out your little receipt book, your calculator, you know what I mean? Tell people cash only or what have you. I'm, I'm saying all that to make a point that, you know, we, we got to stop thinking that our whole existence on the Internet is connected to our life. And I know that would be hard to tell a lot of younger people because they were raised on that. You figure anybody was born between the year 1995, or I can even push it back to 1990 almost, because because when the year 2000 came, anybody born in 1990 was only 10 years old. So that's kind of all they know. Anybody born in the year 2000, there's a lot of people born in 2000 because we 2022 20, now. So anybody born in the year 2000 is legal. They're 22 years old now. And they think they the shit. But they was only born 22 fucking years ago. And, and, and you figure out of that 22 years they've been living, only four years of that was legal when they turned 18. But man, you talk to a joker 25 now, they just think they the shit. And they'll tell somebody 56 years old to kiss their ass. You look at them and say, damn, I got a pair of shoes underneath my bed older than your ass. I got a suit in my closet I don't even wear no more older than your ass. But they don't want to hear that because they're they're advanced. They got the Internet, you know. They got, oh, you on Facebook, old man? You ain't probably got Facebook, do you? You ain't got, you got Instagram, old man? You know, and you turn around and say, I really don't need that shit, you know? But anyway, make a long story short, what Red Wine was saying made made a lot of sense. Because all these countries that are getting these rewards and awards for these different events and all, they're busting their ass to live up to what they did. And that was a even though Qatar is a rich country now, you only get rich because of people. And that's that's the premise of the team of of this whole show tonight. Is that when we gonna understand that it takes the little people to take care of the big people, mm-hmm. and we gotta stop thinking that that people that got money got the edge on shit. You know, if Jay Z and Beyonce wasn't sponsored by all their fans whenever they did an album, whenever they went to concert, if people didn't go see and follow their ass, they wouldn't make shit. And that was the one thing, one of the main reasons why Martin Luther King was assassinated because he had the ability to boycott. And white folks hated that shit. J. Edgar Hoover hated that shit. You know? J. Edgar Hoover, the leader of the FBI, he said that nigga got too much power. Because, you know, blacks was going away. Martin Luther King told him to go. 
and you look up all the people that was in that group with Martin Luther King, they killed them all. John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, that whole group, Megar Everett's, that whole group killed them all only because they wanted people to stay oppressed. And the same things happen today with people that are rich. They just looking down, look at, look at Musk. What's the boy's name with Twitter? Elon. Elon Musk. Look at him. This little crazy-ass white boy. Born, what, how old is he, Mike? Maybe 50 years old? 52, 53, 54, whatever. Okay, you got a little Tesla going on, electronic shit, but what are you beyond that? What are you as a person? All this stuff you're talking about, Twitter could fall apart if we keep fucking up. It ain't nothing but an entity. It ain't nothing but an LLC like everything else. So keep on pushing and acting like you're going to keep on getting rid of people. You know, I say this last thing. Stylistics. Remember that song they made back in the day? What was it called? People make the world go round, right? Play it if you ain't got nothing else to do. Play it. Trash man didn't get my trash today. Oh, why? Because they want more pay. Buses on strike want to raise the fare so they can help pollute the air. You know, but I'm just okay. saying, people make the world go round. And when rich people stop thinking that they need middle class and poor people for their survival, that's when they're going to learn. Anyway, I'm going to get off that. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. That was Papa Didi and Living for the City. And we're going to go to Kettle with the Hollywood wrap-up. Uh, Kettle? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. You're up. You're okay. up. Okay. Do the intro, okay. Papa Didi. Okay. Hollywood. Hollywood. Take it away. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I was that was short lived. I thought I didn't get one tonight. All right. Oh Chris no, Brown. you won't get it in. <laughs> All right. What you got going on? Chris Brown. Uh, he demands um, his trial uh, with his housekeeper to be pushed back. This is a seventy-one million dollar battle with the ex housekeeper over alleged what? dog attack. Yep. Um, he wants it to be pushed back um, in the L.A. court until January the 3rd. Um, I don't know if he's touring or not. I'm not sure. But uh, Brown said his ex-housekeeper has yet to identify, name, or serve any of the other defendants in the case, including his dog breeder. Further, he mm-hmm. said that the uh, housekeeper has failed to undergo appropriate medical examination by an expert of his choosing. So, uh, sound like some hanky-panky going on. Um, she's saying that um, uh, Chris Brown didn't let her know that he had, um, quote-unquote, vicious killer uh, dogs um, at his mansion, I guess, when she was doing housekeeping and everything. And they, she claimed that they attacked him uh, back in 2020. So, um, we'll okay. continue to follow that. We'll see. I mean, $71 million. He, hey. If she don't come up with no documents, guess what? She's going to be short. <laughs> um, also, Al Roker, he revealed recent absence from the Today Show is due to a hospitalization with blood clots in his leg and lungs. Wow, didn't know. Um, he went on to Instagram. So many of you have um, have been asking about me, and that's when he tells um, everybody that uh, he's been in the hospital because of that. 
Um, I think he's had some issues since he had the um, what did he have red wine? The um, the gastric uh, bypass. Right, the gastric bypass. Yeah, it seemed like he's having he's had issues ever since then. And, um, that's been a minute. Maybe what four or five years ago? Not longer. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Okay. Everybody knows Al Roker's cousin is uh, Lenny Kravitz, so I mean everybody knows that. Also, um, Jay Leno, um, he was seriously burned um, by uh, car fire. You know, he has all these um, antique uh, cars, and um, he was seriously uh, second and third degree burns on his face. Um, you know, a portion of his uh, chest. Um, his chin, um, so it's gonna be interesting to see. I mean, that was his signature, his face, you know, the the chin, the um, facial features yeah. of uh, Jay Leno. So, uh, uh, you know, we send our prayers out to him um, and his family. So, see what's gonna happen with that. Also, um, we had some celebrities in town on Wednesday night, Wednesday and Thursday night. Um, Miss Michelle Obama and Ellen kicked off her book tour um, at the Warner Theater in Washington, D.C. It's called the um, uh, Light True Carry Tour. So um, they were on Instagram Live before they were getting ready to go on the show at Warner Theater. And, uh, you know, crazy Ellen, she was, you know, just talking crazy stuff. But uh, she got the right person. for her to kick it off um, with her book tour. And she's going to be with my girl, Oprah. Um, I guess she's going to meet her in Chicago, I guess. I'm not sure, but yeah, so she's going to hang with Oprah for a minute, you know. She's bringing out all the all the big wigs. I don't blame her. Okay, get that book, book uh, toured and, and make that money. So kudos to her. Okay. Um, Will Smith, um, he's doing a slavery drama. It's called Emancipation. Um, the official trail Emancipation has been released by Apple. The film is based on the true story of an enslaved person named Peter. Um, he's portraying him. This was back in Louisiana Plantation in 1860 um, when he made his way to the north to join the uh, Union Army. So he, you know, we also say he usually don't do slavery pictures, but I guess this particular one caught his eye, so... Um, hey, maybe Will Smith get put back on the map. Um, also, a few notables, uh, Nick Cannon, baby number 12 coming, and he just recently revealed, who cares, uh, that he pays about $3 million in child support. Okay. Okay. Um, also, uh, Mike what is Tyson wrong with I don't uh. know. I have no idea. I, you know what? I did hear rumors that he was and talk to do a, a show, uh, you know, uh, you know, some type of show dealing with the kids and stuff like that. So interesting reality show. So we'll see. Uh, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield team up to launch cannabis infused holy ears edibles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Remember the uh, the collaboration the collaboration comes after there. Remember the infamous rivalry. He bit his ear and everything. Uh, you know they made up since then, but um, I don't know who thought of this. Probably was Mike Tyson. Who the hell knows? And Vanda said, "Why not?" Shit. 
and um, also Kiki Palmer. She's going to host the um, Saturday Night Live. Uh, so it should be interesting. She's on the roll. I have to give it to her, Kiki Palmer. She's She's been out there doing the hustle. So. All right. Mm. That's my Hollywood wrap-up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good info. Good info. All right. We're running out of time, so let's hit the kiss it list. Papa Didi, what is the kiss it list? Mm, kiss list to people that showed their butt over the last week or so. Mm. And um, first one would be uh, Carrie Lake, of course. Oh, yeah. Ticketmaster, don't forget about Live Nation, the parent company. They're trying to get in the money scam. You got the Elon Musk, uh, what is here, the uh, election deniers that don't want to admit they lost the damn race. You got yeah, uh, Sarah with the butt plug of her uh, oh my God. ex's uh, ashes in it. That's, she's, that yeah, must have been butt his, plug, Sarah. That must have been his favorite place on her. But anyway. Yes, Snake mouth lady, lady that's uh, sleeping a snake on her mouth. She's on there. Um, your boy, 45, of course, he's in there, you know? Yeah. And I would say anybody else that acted a fool is the, you know who you are. Is that it? Yeah. All right. Well, we got a special gift for everybody on this week's Kiss It list. And here it is. Kiss my in my ass Welcome back to John Point. My was Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. We're down to the last word. Papa Didi, what's your last word? My last word is, uh, wow. Um, well, we got Thanksgiving coming up uh, next week. So just uh, be careful out there, you know, with everything. Gonna be a bunch of traveling and crap going on and gobble, supermarket gobble. crazy. Everybody trying to get it in, so just pack your patience, as they say. All right. All right. Well, my last word is: don't look the other way when you see something that you know is not right. Somebody has to take a stand, and that somebody. It's you. It's you. It's me. It's all of us. When you see something that's not right, as that saying goes, if you see something, say something. Don't just go along to get along. If it ain't right, it ain't right. That's my last word. Stand up. Speak up. What's your last word, Kevin? 
Um, I'm gonna take you back off on Papa Diddy. Thanksgiving's coming up. Um, people instead of eating everything that's on the table, desserts and everything, you know, sit back and relax and reflect on why we, why you're so thankful. You know, first of all, that you woke up that day and just the things that you know the man upstairs or whoever you pray to or whatever. Uh, it could be a Buddha statue, whoever you pray to. Just give thanks to them. Just to, you know, like I said, wake up every morning the things that you can continuously do on a daily basis. So that's my last word. Amen to that. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, listening to the show. And please feel free to tell other people about the Pajama Party Show. Check us out online at apajamaparty.com. Don't forget the A. That's apajamaparty.com. And uh, I guess that's it. We'll, uh, next show will be the day after Thanksgiving. What is that, Black Friday? Black Friday. Yeah, I think we're planning to be live on Black Friday. We'll see. We'll see. Depends on how much we <laughs> eat on Friday, on Thursday. So we'll uh, we'll get it together and have something for you next week. So again, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. We love you guys, and uh, we'll do it again next week. It's the Pajama Party Crew signing out. Say good night, Papa Didi. Good night, everybody. Say good night, Kettle. Good night. And this is Red Wine saying Arrivederci. Buenos noches. Adios. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ciao. Ciao, Bella. See you next time. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bet you farewell, Arrivederci, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Javi I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night. Party cool,